All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Kente Corner, your favorite casual Hoya basketball podcast. I'm your host, Bobby Bancroft, and we are coming to you live after Georgetown defeated Howard 85-73, one of the more interesting Georgetown lineups we've probably ever seen. Again, this is, what is this, being simulcast mm -hmm. through MTC with Mook. I'm here with Marcus Washington. If he kind of moves over a little bit, if you're watching the video of this, you'll see it. If you're listening, <laughs> if you're listening to the podcast, you'll be like, what are you talking about? Okay, let me take off my mask for a second here. Yeah. So before the game, we find out that Caden Rice, who starts, just had 10 threes recently for Georgetown, and uh, reserve freshman forward Jalen Billingsley are out with non-COVID related illnesses, which is a big deal right now because Georgetown's campus is getting hit with COVID like most places are, particularly if you're on Twitter today, the NFL. And then we come out and we realize that Jordan Riley and Kobe Clark aren't dressed, which means Georgetown is down to seven, play or seven scholarship players, nine players total. And uh, we found out, I think during halftime through Georgetown that Jordan Riley, a promising freshman, Gatorade New York Player of the Year, is going to have shoulder surgery. I found a tweet of mine from last week against UMBC where I noticed that he was kind of injured and they were kind of looking at it. So he's going to have surgery. He's out for who knows, who knows how long. Caden and Jalen Patrick is confident or hopeful that they'll be back for TCU, which is their final non-conference game on Saturday. And Kobe Clark played one minute out in the Wooden Legacy who knows when we'll ever see him again. I asked Patrick about him post-game, and Patrick just said he'll play when he's healthy. So, all that to unpack. Believe it or not, Georgetown was led in scoring by Tyler Beard, who we talked about the other day, is coming on pretty well, and we were excited about how he played against Syracuse. He had 23. Coming into the game, he had 14 on the season. That included, I think, six scoreless appearances. Uh, Malcolm Wilson, who joined Tyler Beard post-game, had a career high of 13, and... I mean, man, if I told you before the game, all the things that happened, we just went through all these things, and Aminu Muhammad was going to score four points and foul out. Colin Holloway, who got the start with Caden Rice out, he fouled out. They ended the game with a freshman because they were down to five scholarship players, two of them being centers. We have not seen the Twin Towers yet under Patrick Ewing, although it would make sense at some point he would do it since he's Patrick Ewing, and I'm sure he would like to play as many centers as possible. So... I've just said a lot of things. Georgetown won their third straight game. They are 6-4. and four. This was not looking like something that would happen after they kind of got embarrassed at South Carolina. Not necessarily losing to the Gamecocks, but just the way that it was just dunk after dunk after dunk. So, I've just said a lot of things. <laughs> what did we just see? I don't know. I mean, some of the lineup combinations were strange just because they had to be strange. But I, I thought it was interesting that Georgetown could win a game where Carey and um, – and Muhammad would only combine for about 13 shot attempts. You know, that is something I didn't know if Georgetown could survive, especially against a team that shot the three-pointer so well on that side. Georgetown did struggle a little bit at the beginning when Howard was pressing the, the um, you know, hide their women and children because the turnover numbers for Georgetown was terrible. 23 turnovers end up being uh, 31 points for Howard. So, uh, we did see a lot of combinations. Maybe um, that's the reason why, but I will say this. Uh, a lot of teams have already gone through this whole transformation of having two primary ball handlers playing extended minutes together. And I do like the idea of maybe Tyler Beard and uh, Harris playing extended minutes together where you have the two primary ball handlers out there, allows each one to play off the ball a little bit. Um, hopefully it will allow for there not to be as many turnovers 
And Dante Harris, I don't know how you felt about him tonight. I thought from a floor game point of view, um, he has seen better days. But they were able to survive tonight in, in some adverse uh, in adverse situation. Yeah, I think surviving is a pretty good way to describe it. Uh, Dante Harris, very Iverson-like, 17 shots, 10 points. Not exactly, but you know what I mean. Just the idea yeah. of your point guard getting up a lot of a lot of looks and not being particularly efficient with it. The biggest line probably, you know, seven assists, which is great. But he had six of the Hoyas' 23 turnovers. And we just got a chance to, you know, the Zooms now because Georgetown's dealing with, like I said, some COVID issues. We went back to the Zooms post game, And even though Kenny Blakeney is someone that from – my growing up, it's like, you know, he was local at DeMatha. He went to Duke. That's back when I just loved college basketball. Unfortunately, I have some really good friends that like Duke. You know, he played there. He's been part of that whole that whole scene. Uh, his staff has, you know, a Mike Bray assistant, Rod Belanus, I think, who was at Notre Dame forever. Uh, Tyler Thornton is on their staff. But I thought postgame, he, he sounds like if someone, if he gets it going, I think he's going to be someone to watch out for because he sounded, you know, pretty pretty put together but he talked about just how disappointed he was that they couldn't take advantage of Georgetown's 23 turnovers which is a little bit surprising and you know from speaking about Allen Iverson from Allen Iverson's high school uh, this kid Foster 26 points 7 for 12 from deep he played for the Bethel Bruins which is where Iverson obviously went to the famous green and yellow down there in the Hampton area um it, it, I, I was pretty stunned you know even if Georgetown had a full roster, I thought this game was going to be a lot tighter than it was. Mm-hmm. Then the final you know, margin, or basically the last second half, wasn't really super competitive. Yeah, well, I thought that Georgetown um, didn't give up as many of the three-pointers after that beginning as I thought they would. Now, they did have a couple of snafus there at the end where on some, um, some switches, Foster got some open looks. Early in the game, they struggled whenever – It was a wing uh, two-man game, and Georgetown's players would stare at the ball. Howard would go back door, and they got um, a lot of uh, a lot of baskets that way early on. But I thought that Georgetown adjusted having Malcolm Wilson there as a rim protector, almost like in an NBA fashion, actually helped uh, Georgetown discourage some of those easy baskets in the second half because he's kind of planted there, and um, that's something that once Mutombo learns, he will probably be as effective doing that, and he brings a little bit more offense than Wilson does. But uh, I thought that Georgetown did uh, a pretty good job in that second half adjusting to some of the things that Howard had uh, success in in the first half. Yeah, and I know that you know we're turning into the Tyler Beard fan club, and I don't want to repeat everything I said the other day, but I was a little surprised. I guess I kind of go back to, for whatever reason, some of those UConn teams that pulled championships out of nowhere mm-hmm. with two point guards on the floor a lot. And Georgetown's been a program, you know, at the end of JT3 and maybe the beginning of Ewing where you're just kind of looking, where's the point guard, where's the point guard? And, you know, Beard was the higher-rated recruit, more, you know, accomplished, uh, more buzz. He ended up prepping for a year. And, you know, Dante Harris came out of nowhere, and he provided so much last year. But I, I really thought, even with a full roster, everyone's healthy, that we were going to see more of the two point guards on the floor at the same time, and we haven't at all. And, you know, sometimes you get forced into things and it works out well, and it seems like that's going to be the situation here, particularly with Jordan Riley out. My guess is he's lost for the season. I mean, right. look, I had shoulder surgery. I don't know what his problem is. My labrum, I mean, you're out for just months. I mean, I think it's unless they're just cleaning something up, it's like a pre-existing injury that they're fixing, then, you know, maybe – you get him back, I would be, you know, Georgetown fans, I think it's unlikely you see you see Jordan Riley again. So you're gonna see a lot of a lot of Tyler Beard. 
And I think that's a great thing. And, I, you know, yeah. I don't think it should just be, you know, subbing in for Dante Harris. I think you get him on the court and you become a problem for people, right? Yes. Yeah. They can push pace up, which is going to open up the three-point shooters, especially in secondary transition. When you have that, you're not waiting for Harris to banana through or to come yeah. back to the ball. You can get it out and you can push it. And with Georgetown's offense, they need a lot of that, uh, a lot more of it. I think that if you saw that in South Carolina, not that they would win, but that game would have looked a little bit better than what it looked like um, had they played that way. And it's what you said. Sometimes adverse situations can force you to do something. I think maybe this adverse situation helps Georgetown kind of modernize a little bit and understand that that could be a big strength for them as opposed to the traditional, well, I have a point guard um, out there and that's my point guard and just going with, hey, I have two primary ball handlers out there. We're going to get the ball out. We're going to push it up and we're going to run this floor, which should make it easier on everyone. Yeah, I, you know, I harp on it all the time. You know, Georgetown lost that first game, 69-60. They don't win games scoring 60 points. They don't They don't win 60-54 to 54 or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like 85 tonight, like that's where they have to get to. If you want to get to 85, you're pushing the basketball. Yep. What better way to do that with two really good point guards out there? Um, Aminu Muhammad, you know, uh, I don't know how much you've been paying attention to social media this week, and everything was absolutely deserved. You know, he's getting, you know, I think Dick Vitale had him as his freshman. There was Diaper Dandy of the week, baby. Mm -hmm. um, I saw some other stuff. He's moving up draft boards, which I think Georgetown fans were like, hey, hey, we want to get at least, <laughs> we need two years out of this kid, you know. Um, but, you know, and, to, you know, there was going to be, we, we talked about it. You know, what happens when you show up? And there was 15,000 people here the other night, and it was awesome. Whether they were in gray or they were in orange, it was really cool. The environment was awesome. You come here, there's, I don't know, we don't have the final box, 2,000, 3,000 people here. And, you know, it's, it, was, it was a tough game for him. You know, we saw him get a little frustrated, five fouls. You know, we can talk about where the fouls, you know, were they, were they legit, whatever, whatever. But Georgetown found a way to win without Muhammad, who's the guy, you do game plans, I mean, who are you scouting for in Georgetown? Yeah. It's Muhammad, right? No doubt. So, like, how can you recover when, you know, your star is going to have off games? And, you know, what would you think about Georgetown's ability to just, hey, our guy isn't having it tonight, but we can still find a way? Well, one, it started with Beard stepping up, but also yeah. just being able to dominate the boards. Uh, Michael Wilson uh, obviously had a bigger game than what we're used to seeing. I thought that Matambo had more minutes that he could have also put some numbers up. Kerry got started early, but then kind of calmed down. But I thought it was they were composed at the end, uh, with the exception of a couple of plays um, that had me scratching my head. They were composed at the end. And maybe this is one of those teams that can be a sum of all parts teams where when Muhammad is off, that they have that opportunity, that other guys are confident to step up. You know, some of these guys are four and five stars. I mean, there was a reason they had these stars um, beside their names, it might be it's a situation where they just need the opportunity to have those touches, to have those consistent minutes, to be able to show those things that they can do. So we've got one game left in the non-conference. TCU, which is interesting. I'm trying to come up with a list of all the schools I've seen play. Mm -hmm. TCU's on that list of, you know, I can cross them off my list. I've seen mm -hmm. Georgetown, obviously. 3,000 times, right. seen Howard a ton between here and George Mason and, and at, I think, I think GW. But um, it's the final game. This manufactured Big East, Big 12 battle comes down to it. It could either end in a draw, which, why don't you just play only nine games so you don't have a draw, right. or Georgetown wins, the Big East takes it home. Um, going into this last game, what do you think they need to shore up 
um, you know, before Big East starts. Because Big East is a week from tonight, believe it or not. Uh, for me, I think Tyler Beard said it best. It just it's always comes down to the defense. Yeah. Well, not only do they have to defend, they cannot turn the ball over. You cannot get into conference play and have 23 turnovers. Hopefully tonight a little bit was just sort of like lineups you never play together. Right. I'll yeah. give them a little bit of a pass. Yeah, yeah. But you can't turn the ball over, and they're going to have to defend just because of where they are um, from a depth perception, how young they are. I think sometimes we forget because there is carry out there that we forget how young Georgetown is. Dante Harris is only a sophomore, and he was not this highly recruited I have all these stars beside my name guy. In fact, I can remember some people saying, "Who? why would you recruit this guy? Yeah. He's small. He's this. He's that. And he's been a big key. So sometimes I think that we forget how young this team is. And, and you've seen some of the other biggies um, games and their opponents and stuff that they'll be playing. And a lot of those teams and a lot of those guys are experienced. So, again, it is going to be on defense. It is going to be calming down on the turnovers. That's going to be the way. They are not going to out three-point shoot teams to, to 9, 10, 11 Big East wins. That's not going to happen. Caden Mice might disagree with you. Yeah, he might disagree with me, but it's not going to happen. That's not how they're going to win. It is going to have to be on the defensive end, and I would like to see them get more points in transition and secondary transition. So let's assume that Jalen Billingsley and Caden Rice are healthy, as Patrick said, until Kobe Clark plays I'm just going to assume that he's out indefinitely. Right. I think it'd be ridiculous to assume anything differently. So then you give Georgetown tonight. They had seven scholarship players. That gets them back up to nine. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a far different nine than we thought coming into the season, right? You're out. Basically, your top two centers, you figure going into the season, most people figure Trey King. Then you figure Ego F.A. Because he, he spelled Q pretty well last year. Mm-hmm. Okay. A lot of hype around Jordan Riley is, you know, I think Patrick Ewing Jr. said he thinks he might be one of the better athletes in the entire Big East. It's a pretty big compliment. Obviously, it's his guy, so take a little grain of salt. But, you know, he didn't just say that about, you know, someone like me, right? Like, he said it about someone that that, that is in that realm, okay? Right. And, and you know, Ken, Ken Palm, which I swear by, has him right now 6-14 and 14 in the Big East. Before the season started, based on the Trey King news, I had them at 5-15. and 15. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to be honest. After what Tyler Beard has done in the last three or four days, I feel pretty good about Patrick's new options, particularly when you throw in how good Holloway is playing. So that's a long way of saying, do you think 6-14 and 14 is in the area? And are you excited about the new look smaller Hoyas based on Holloway and Beard? I am more excited to, to do the second question first. Yeah. I am more excited for the, the smaller lineup. For style of play. Yeah, and I think it's more conducive to them, whether Patrick wants to accept that or not. I do think it's more, 100%. Con- yeah, more conducive for them. Um, I think 6-14 and 14 might be right around where they are because, again, they, defensively they have to continue to get better. And these guys um, on that Big East grind, especially the young guys who have never been through it, it's getting used to there's going to be a lot of ebbs and flows and how can you handle it from a maturity point of view some young guys handle it better than others and how will Georgetown perform on a night where their offense is not clicking and can they stay in the games and get deep into games on nights like this or will it be you know 17 point loss at DePaul or something along those lines that might happen right (laughs) you know yeah you know so I mean uh so I guess around six is around what, what is legitimate. Six, maybe seven, uh, eight if you want to be um, very, very optimistic. Yeah, I, I would say that they're going to be a much more aesthetically pleasing team going smaller. 
and going with more point guards just because that's the way the Patrick Ewing coaching way has so far has not been any sort of defensive clunkers. They don't win games like that. So you're going to score, you know, 75, 85 points, which is what they have up on the scoreboard right now. Um, I think that's good. These nice abbreviated Kente corners that apparently are getting up on at MTC with Mook. Um, hope everyone subscribes Kente Corner. You can find me at Bobby Bancroft. He's at MTC with Mook. And before you know, it'll be time for TCU. And then the Big East just a week away. They start on the road for a couple games before they come back here. Um, subscribe, rate, listen, and send me a message if there's something I'm missing. Until next time.